0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Let me start my time. I'm a little stressed out. There are a lot of participants. And thank you so much, Luke, for inviting me to the meeting. Um, And I hope my share can help someone like me um, i'm going to share a brief history of um, the problem my past and then i will more speak about the solution the things that help in the program so i choose the i choose topic of why i'm still in essay <coughs> because it's been the thing that i've been thinking of recently and for myself it's important to remind me, remind me that while i'm here <coughs> so a simple answer to this uh, question can be because i have to be here but it's not the all actually possible answers to this Question, and it's not the reason really that I'm here now. Maybe it was enough to bring me here, but it never was sufficiently enough to keep me in the program. If I was because of pain and suffering in the program, I would have been, I would have leave, left the program a few years ago. Uh, So I'm going to explain why I'm still in the program. I had a very abusive and destructive life before the program. When I was about four to five years old, my mother just uh, burned my hand with a very hot spoon in order to. actually make me a better child, obedient, better person, you know, and that was their way of raising children. I never got enough attention, love, and care from my parents. And when I was about six years old, one of my older cousins, who was nine years older than me, uh, brought me in a empty house and sexually he, he told me we, we were going to play a game with each other but he sexually abused me severely with intercourse that I can remember how painful it was I bled and you know I I can remember those moments I, I was scared and but But I was stuck, and I didn't know what is happening and what I have to do, you know. And the bad thing is that those abuse continued happening in my life. He told other cousins, older cousins, they started abusing me as well. And they also offered me to their friends. Their friends started abusing me. And this things widespread to other places, in neighborhood, in school, and wherever I used to go, I couldn't have safety. And there was always someone who wanted to sexually abuse me, or if they couldn't, they just emotionally, physically try to abuse me, beat me, mock me. And, you know, when it seems that when something like that happened to a little boy, I don't know, maybe for the girls is the same, uh, they became actually unable to, pro- to protect themselves anymore, you know? It was like what my sponsor once told me, that it was written here that, please rape me. And, yeah, for a long time, Actually, until my age 15, these abuse by threatening, I don't know, beating, revealing me to the family, all other things been happening in my life. And that was so, so difficult, painful, and sad of my life. So... uh, At at the age of 15, I, actually the last and most painful severe abuse happened to me. And in that time, I decided to stop all these behavior, all these things in my life, sexual things, because when they abused me, when I was about six, six, seven years old, they also taught me how to masturbate. And... That was the only way to cope with my feelings, to run away from the problems that I had to the uh, actually pains that I was tolerating. I used to masturbate all the time and running away from my reality to somewhere inside my mind, in my fantasy world. And I, I, I thought maybe all these problems, depression, feeling inferior, worthless. I don't know reason for maybe all these things uh, because of masturbating. So I decided to stop masturbating, stop sexual acting out, stop fantasies, and also stop letting others abuse me. And yeah, at that age, I stopped letting others abuse me, but whatever I tried, I couldn't stop my own sexual behaviors anymore. So in that time, I realized that I have a problem, that I can't do anything for that. And until age about 20, 25, I tried every possible ways, every possible ways to just one bit, not masturbate and not act out, but never I could. So I I thought maybe I have just two other ways. One is castration or cutting my sexual organs and throwing them away or getting married. The only way that I didn't try was getting married on the time. So I choose the first one. No, I was kidding. The second one, and I wish to, I have chosen the first one. And I got married, but it didn't help me. The way I was acting out changed, but still I was acting out. And everything in my life was getting also worse. So finally, I come to the, I came into the program, and it took me a while to be able to understand what really program wants me to do. Actually, four years. <laughs> Until then, I was trying to work the program in my way, doing some of work, using some of the tools of the program, but not doing all of them or not throwing everything, but it, it didn't work. But when it started working, actually, when I started really working the program and it started working in my life, many things changed. The first thing that I, I got in SA was that there is a solution. I had a problem that no one else could help me, nowhere else I could find a solution. I tried many ways. Uh, but SA gave me a solution and that was really relieving. Really relieving. And, uh, also, he. It, it, it showed me if there is a solution for such a bad disease and severe disease, there should be solution, also solutions for my other problems. Because in that time, after many years acting out, I was really broken emotionally, mentally, relationship wise, financial, financial wise. My life was completely a mess. So it gave me hope. That there is a solution. That, that was the first thing that kept me in the pro- kept me in the program. And uh, when and, and the next thing that happened in SA for me was when I shared my first step, when I talked to my sponsor about my deepest secrets, my craziest secrets, my dirtiest secrets, and before that I was always uh, hiding those things, because I was so afraid of being rejected again, you know, and I was, I just thought if I tell those things, if I let them understand, realize who really I am, they would definitely reject me, but that didn't happen and when i shared everything my sponsor told me a little he laughed because it took me a long time to be able to share and he said uh, you know there is nothing you have done and no one else with this disease did that you know because we have all the same problem and whatever we did was from our disease not." ourselves and you are still a precious child of your higher power. And I can remember that day that I was really happy, feeling free and getting back home at night. And when I started working step two, another thing happened, another miracle happened in my life. I was I I tried religion to get rid of my problem, but I couldn't. And I had a very crazy, punishing, paradoxical God that loves me, but punishes me. That's very kind, but very angry. And I had always problem with this God. But the step two told me that there is only a higher power, whatever you call it. That it's 100% love, not 199% love and 1% punishment, for example, or anger. It is 100% love and it is there to help you, to give you a happy life, to give you whatever you need, and it wants you to be free, joyous, and happy. And those words were really. Um, Amazing words that I couldn't believe first, but little by little, just by reading my new beliefs to my higher power. Now I have a new higher power. So SA gave me a new higher power. That's one of my best, one of the best things in my life. And when I worked the step forward, another miracle happened in my life. I. In that time, until that time, I've never had experienced a life without resentment and fears. I was full of resentment of the people who abused me and full of fear because so many bad things happened in my life and I've been always waiting for the next one. But uh, I couldn't believe that. But after working step four, especially resentment inventories, uh for the first time it, it it was like a blind person who could see the light for the first time i could see that in my heart i can uh i can feel good about someone else about myself and uh, look at look at them in the eyes laugh at them and you know feeling a a slight relationship and yeah that was where, where I could find it. There is no anti-resentment medicine. There is no place who someone can give you one, one year and a half every day time to read your resentment inventories. And all those crazy things that I had in my inventories. So SA gave me a, love, a life without resentment and fears. And um and 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 so and, and when i step i worked step 9 and made my amends another thing happened uh, before that i always hate hated myself uh i knew a person who is very weak who's covert who is liar who is uh, very um i don't know unable, incapable, or not being able to uh, uh, take care of himself. But uh, when I worked step nine and made my amends, uh, something happened. I could uh, distinguish between what I did because of my disease and what happened to me uh, from who I am. You know, they were my mistakes or whatever but they were not Hamed, they they can't define me. And little by little, little, I started liking myself, feeling that maybe I wasn't that wrong, you know, because I used to think that all the things happened was my wrong, my wrongs and my my parents' wrongs. But but, uh, it gave me another idea. I realized that, really, this is what I think today. Hamid is a precious child of God who is very important, who has very important mission and role in this life, in this world, and who is really capable. And that's why I experienced those things, those challenges in my life, to be able to serve humanity, to be able to help someone. Who is in bad situation to be able to understand someone who was sexually badly abused you know and maybe they were all my higher power uh, i don't know program for me plan for me so little by little the way of looking at life changed my way of looking at life changed and I think now after working step 11 and 12, I think that uh, life is a purposeful thing and an opportunity to grow, to um, actually face problems and challenges and to feel unity, love, um, joy, happiness, and you know that 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 unity one is now the greatest one for me that i can feel unity with all of you because of this problem otherwise otherwise i wasn't here and i don't know where i would be so yeah that changed also the way i'm looking at life and I, i can't say that my life is now perfect. And I'm not a perfect person. I have a long way to go. But also, SA and working the 12-step programs uh, helped me to face my other problems. After SA, I worked DA, I'm working UA now, and CODA. And it is helping me. And I'm now much uh, feel better about myself, life, family. And I have a good life now, I can say, relatively. And I have goals in my life. Uh, I'm trying for them. I am living a, a few of my dreams, my past dreams now, like now I'm speaking English and sharing my story with you and being able to speak. When I entered SA, for a year and a half, I couldn't even share. I couldn't uh, keep my head up in the meetings and speak. Now I'm speaking in this meeting, so I can say uh, all these things happen only in SA for me, and I can't. I can't think any other places I could experience these things. So I have five more minutes. Uh, Also, SA gave me some other things, like, um, um, for example, I I wrote here, I came into SA to find a moment to not be angry and resentful, but I found a life, instead I found a life most of the time with peace, uh, full of peace with myself and others. I came here to not masturbate for one day, and act out for one day, but I found instead uh, that having sex, even with my wife, is optional, and also I got the ability to help others to not act out, not only stop myself. I came into the program to be able to forget about the people who severely abused me, but I found a way to add something to the life, to the world, to help world become somewhere more safe, free of rape, and sexual abuse. For example, by <coughs> telling my story in a public podcast, telling my story in a university. <coughs> and I'm going to do to continue taking those actions. And I came into the program to be able to tolerate life until it finishes. But instead, I found a life full of happiness, growth, love, and of course, new challenges. And I came into the program to not hate myself anymore, but I found an adorable little child of God, a loving God. And I came into the a to find a remedy from my uh, past punishing God, but instead I found a pure love, uh, that wants me all the good things in the world. I came into the program to not beat up myself, but I found a way to build up build up myself. That was my share. Thank you so much for listening.
2: Hi, Hamid. I just wanted to tell you that uh, it's not uh, a question, but I, too, started sexual trauma uh, by age five and was taught to masturbate. And it uh, was essentially reenacting my sexual trauma for the next 30 years. And it made me feel worse and worse and worse. And SA helped me stop that self-abuse. But a therapist told me something one time that helped me a lot uh, with my self-abuse. He told me, Lee, it's not about you. It's about what happened to you. And uh, I took that as a first step toward uh, building some self-esteem. And uh, that's hard to do when you've committed your own sexual abuse for a long time. So great story. I I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing it with us. That's all.
3: Thank you, Lee. Nancy, please go ahead. And those who want to ask a question, don't forget to raise your virtual hand in the chat, or we can also the group. Nancy, please go ahead. Um,
4: thank you so much, Ahmed. Um, I don't think I've ever heard, uh, including when you shared with our home group, I don't think I have ever heard someone tell my story like you've told my story um i don't oh my gosh this this has just been the depth of the love of god that the program has given you is is um and i don't even know a question maybe maybe that's it how you are um continuing to grow and deepen in your relationship
1: with your higher power Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you for your question. Um, I think uh, one of the most important thing that I can do now is helping the world, people in SA and outside SA, to prevent those things happen to me, happen to other people, you know. That was such a difficult life that I had before say, and I know a lot of people now living the life that I lived, and I want to do what I can for those people. So I think it's my responsibility and a best practice to improve my Relationship with my higher
3: power. Thank you. Thank you, Ahmed. Marty, please go ahead. Don't forget to unmute, Marty. Can you hear me? Yes, there you
5: go. Hello. Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm on the road. That's what been the problem uh Hamed, uh praise your higher power uh uh truly truly uh a grand uh sharing of your story and the thing that i wanted to connect with from that is the fact that um you know i, I had to uh uh you know i went off to prison because of the acts that i had done and uh I never really uh, emotionally faced what had might have happened to them, and your share uh, about your own personal experience and being uh, abused—that uh, just opened my heart, my eyes, my uh, my whole experience now to truly understand a little more of uh, of what we what I cause because of my my own acting out that it wasn't it was a lot more than uh, you know really that I was accepting and um, your share just really really truly helped me and uh, also because of the, the shame and the loathing that I had uh, now I can put a, a more uh, you know uh, uh, check mark on it and like yourself finding a God who uh, who truly loves me and uh and I know he loved them the others too and he loves you and and I too found that in the program and and sharing our stories is the exact reason uh that he has allowed this to happen to us because he wants us to he wants I to know. help others all right thank you so much and again thank you Ahmed. um We'll, we'll see you again. And I, you're always in my prayer. Thank you,
3: Marty. Neil.
2: Thank you, Hamed, for your uh, story. What a horrible youth you had. Uh, I can't even imagine what that was like. Uh, but I appreciate your positivity and what a testimony to the strength of SA for the changes that it's made in your life. I'm curious to know um, what the strength of SA is in your city and your region and how many meetings you have, which is a way of asking what kind of support do you now have uh, for your uh, ongoing program?
1: Thank you, Neil. Thank you for your question. Actually, I guess after the US, we have the biggest fellowship, SA fellowship in the world in Iran, and we have the biggest one in our city actually, as well. We have we had before the pandemic also actually about 20 to 25 meetings per week and about two about a thousand and five hundred. Uh, fellows here and you know I got uh, before connecting to international fellows I was only working the program uh, with my our local fellows and that helped me a lot but after getting connected to international fellows I got more experience and help and that, that actually helped me to not only be able to follow my own recovery but also carry the message to other fellows and that started when uh, Luke came here and uh, hold a workshop that helped our fellowship a lot. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Ahmed.
3: Catherine? I
4: think Claudia
6: was first before me.
3: Claudia, please go ahead. <laughs>
6: hi I'm Claudia I'm a sexaholic thank you so much Ahmed, for your share <clears throat> I'm really touched and um, I have no no much words but it really it really helps me to hear your story because mine is not the same but I had also really I I thought... Okay I'm what to me happened was really terrible but what happened to you is is terrible too <laughs> and yeah when i hear such stories and see these people i know that god there is a god because you are a miracle <laughs> because i know for myself uh, what i experienced and how i am now and how I'm living my life, it, it's not possible without the God. You, you, it's. For me, it's really the bevice, I don't know. It's proof. Yeah, <laughs> that God is living, and I'm so I I feel such a connection to you. It's, it's like yeah, I can say it like you are my brother. <laughs> And I don't know if I've felt this before in SA. So I'm so grateful that you shared your story so really so honest and so with your head up. <laughs> and, yeah, there is, there is no shame. There is no guilt. There is freedom. This is freedom. Yeah. And I know what, what this means. And I know what, how much you worked (laughs) that you got there. Yeah. And I want to ask you one question. Um, how did you, you said you stopped at 15, you stopped this, that others abused you. How could you do this? What happened with you that you say, no, not, not yet anymore. How was this possible?
1: Thank you, Claudia. You are my sister. Um, Yeah, Um, I can remember the last person who wanted to abuse me was a very bully guy. I was afraid of him. He was such a big person and dangerous. And he followed me until the door, uh, door of our house. And he told me, you should let me abuse you Uh, If not, I will tell your father everything. And in that time, I was so tired, you know, of these things all the time happening in my life. And for the first time, I dared to say, okay, whatever you want to do, do, but I don't let that happen again. And he he beat me there and left me. And that was the time that I realized that I can protect myself. Before that, always I was afraid and I couldn't even say no, you know. But it started from that time. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned about not feeling shame anymore. Yeah, I'm not feeling shame anymore because of those things that I did and what's happened to me because my sponsor told me if you work this program well you will be able to speak up to speak in tv or anywhere else for everyone freely without feeling shame you know and i think that happened to me now thank you thank you thank you ahmed Catherine?
6: thank
4: you Luke. and thank you very much ahmed for sharing Um, I feel very glad that I'm here and that I could listen to your story. And I think that I received so much hope of it and uh, so much peace. I really believe you that you have peace inside and that you have a life free of fear. That's like the promises come true. And I really admire that. And I want that also. I want that life of peace. And um, I have a very practical question. (laughs) You mentioned other programs, and I struggle with two programs. Struggle. I mean, I love these two programs, and I want to be in them, but it is so much also with job and everything. And now I started working part-time for the first time in my life, but not to squeeze in another program, just to have, you know, more more peace, the thing that I want peace. And uh, but how do you do it? How do you also work other programs?. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Catherine. Um, yeah, that also was difficult for me to start another program because it took me six to seven years to work as a finally finish the steps. but the next program that I started only took me about a few months to finish, you know because I was, already i worked step 4 and i was uh, familiar with uh, spiritual principles but something that helped me was that i first focused on my main program worked that finished the step there and then i started working the program one by one i after sa i worked da and then because these programs actually these problems are not as deep and as strong as and severe as sexualism. So I could uh, follow them, go to meetings, but always putting the emphasis and actually a priority on my main program, SA. Because if I, I lose my consciousness, my sobriety in uh, sexual sobriety, I won't be able to follow any other program principles. That's something that helped me. Thank you. Thank
3: you, Hamet. Tamo Jay?
7: Yeah, am Tamo Sexaholic. Thank you very much, Hamet, for your story. Um, indeed, quite touching. And also uh, very hopeful. I mean, i my story is my story, but I really relate to, I think, feeling broken and not being able to connect at all anymore because of lack of trust, and then slowly being restored in the program. Um, yeah, I, I was wondering, do you still experience lust? And if so, uh, how do you surrender it still? Because for me, I think with trauma and with fears,
8: it's, it
7: still can trip me. So I was wondering how you deal with that. Thanks.
1: Oh, thank you so much for your question. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, I have temptations uh, still. And I, I, I sometimes struggle with uh, loss in my life, especially in my marriage. But it is little by little getting better. And always when I complain to my sponsor, he says you're now better than uh, a year ago. That you used to be, and that's about the progress, not perfection. And today, if I uh, use all the tools, if I take uh, enough, make enough calls every day, if I call on time my checking partner, if I participate into enough meetings, <coughs> usually I, <coughs> sorry, I don't have temptation. But if that happened, immediately I surrender that by sharing in a group, by voice message to my sponsor or other fellows, or if it's severe, I immediately call someone and surrender that. And that works very well for me. Thank you.
3: William R.
8: Thank you, Hamid, for the amazing share in English. <laughs> you, you—that uh, I don't know whether that's partially sounded like maybe it was partially a gift to the program, but the clarity of your share was just uh, amazing. And one of the one of the things that spoke to me so much was that you know you are a precious child of your higher power, and. Um, this weekend, this last weekend, my wife and I went and visited someone um, who is serving a life sentence uh, because of uh, his criminal acts, uh, which fit into our program and the whole rape stuff you were talking about. And uh, it's part of my amends and part of the way that I um, love myself and love the people who, uh, because rape was part of my story uh and so i wondered um there's nothing more sobering as some some who have served time it sounds like on on this meeting than hearing those doors closed behind you uh there were three locked doors and three locking fences and that you stayed in these different compartments before you got in to see the person we were seeing and I wondered whether you, in, or whether the fellowship in Iran has done some sort of outreach into uh, prisons. That's my question.
1: Um, thank you so much, Leon. Uh, no, unfortunately, we don't have much connection to the prisons because SA in Iran, give me a second, SA in Iran, is not officially accepted by our government and registered in Iran every fellowship should be proved and accepted and registered by the government then they can go to hospitals and officially go to hospital and prisons mm. so and and they have problem with you know uh, say sobriety definition because it's kind of against of our uh, religious religious beliefs and Things so so far they couldn't register that and officially we couldn't uh, work for prisons. Yeah.
8: Thank you. Thank you, Hamad.
3: Daniel.
9: Hello, I'm Daniel J, sexaholic. Hamid, it's great to see you. Sorry I didn't answer your message this morning. I was I was busy, but um wonderful wonderful share. Your story is just an amazing miracle to think of, you know, your childhood and then where you, the person that you are now. So yeah, that's the great spirit in action. So that's amazing. And I also was abused when I was probably five or six years old. And I always had the tendency to minimize it because it only happened a couple, three times and it was an older boy. It wasn't like an, a grown man or something. So ah, no big deal. But I've had a therapist, two therapists actually now disabuse me of that notion that it was nothing even one such incident can completely change your sexuality and your 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 brain so um you know if anybody on here is kind of trying to compare themselves with your story and say well you know my story's not that no you know i i used to do that i used to compare and say well i wasn't that bad you know but even one abuse thing like that is, is, is devastating to a kid. And I think it's really important that we all speak out about what happened to us as children. So like you said, it, it won't happen to other children. And I also am losing my shame to talk about it to my family, my brothers, other people. Um, it's, it, it comes more, much more easily now for me to raise my hand and say, hey, I was abused when I was a kid. So I think if we, if we all can do that, that would make society so much better. So anyway, thank you very, very much, brother. <laughs> and your English is excellent.
1: Thank you so much, Daniel. You helped me a lot in my English. And you very, very true. What you mentioned is really important. And because of the time, I couldn't speak about that. You know, in my country, even in SA, no one talks about sexual abuse in child. They th- they believe if someone was sexually abused in their childhood, it means that he's guilty because of that. He's incapable. He's, I don't know, whatever you say, the worst thing. <laughs> Even you kill someone is better than being sexually abused in our culture. It's really, really bad. And, you know... Uh, i i had i had a sponsor only once he was abused sexually but he turned to a really crazy person was thinking of abusing minor minors and killing them only by once one time being sexually abused and that doesn't matter i was maybe very strong that i survived nine years sexually abused but it can happen only by one time being sexually abused. Yeah, very true. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Hamid. Uh, people, members with less than 30 days of sobriety can also raise their hand. Uh, Laura, you're still on.
10: Hi, Hamid. And I, I mean this in all all lightheartedness. I think, Hamid, you should practice your English more by telling your story more and more and more and more. And, <laughs> and that way we can hear your story more. Um, mm-hmm. because it's so powerful. And I
3: oh, Laura, you muted yourself.
10: I'm sorry, so sorry. So every time this is the second time I've heard your story and I learn more about myself. Um, you know, I realized when I was 12 years old in my abuse, um, I was abused by a group of people and I took matters into my own hands. I said, never again. And what happened to me was I became um, a, a white knuckler and everything got buried. And so what happened for me is a lot of my addiction was internalized and I could not identify. It was very challenging and people would minimize it. And just listening to your story, it reminds me, one, that God sees that desire for help. And and although I didn't have the tools to get into recovery, God saw that desire and led me down a path where I would eventually walk through the doors of SA. But what's very important is that, yeah, I cannot compare my abuse to somebody else. And sometimes the internal abuse, which is very real and life-changing, and and that's how I get my defects of character is I rely on my defects of character to survive from this abuse, right? Which I have to lay down. It's very hard if I'm not looking at my trauma to do that, but I have to lay down those defects of character I've depended on for so long. And what, what helped me realize is that because a lot of your abuse was so external and so overt, so out there. That it's such an encouragement because if you, Hamid, can do it and you're living in the promises and you are, that's an encouragement for everybody else who may not be able to see their trauma so de- definitively, may not be able to see the depths of their disease yet because it's all deep and dark. And so it's an encouragement that Hamid, to the depths of, of that suffering, to the heights of recovery is possible, thank you as possible for all of us. And that's a very encouraging thing and I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Laura.
3: Thank you, Laura. Um, we still have about five minutes. Oh, there's Francis. Go ahead, Francis.
11: Uh, thank you, Luke. Hamid, thanks for your story. I've heard snippets of it at different meetings, but I never actually sat and heard the full story. And you know the phrase that God always gives us what we need at the right time. And today, You have given me what I needed. The story of the paradox of this programme, how when we are vulnerable, then in that weakness, we have strength. How in powerlessness and being powerless over things, we have a great power, the higher power. At the moment, that's what I need to understand. I need to understand that I'm not powerful. I'm powerless. I've got, obviously, with Dad, the funeral is on Friday, and I feel absolutely powerless over that one. I've got to lead it. And it's filling me with dread. I'm scared. Will I break down? Will I get through it or not? Next week, I've got to see another psychologist again for inverted commas quality control. I think they're actually going to give me a piece of paper to say that I'm a nutter. I know I'm mad. I'm going to get a piece of paper, so I am. But I'm powerless over that. So it's really good to hear you today, Hamid. And thank you for sharing your powerlessness because in that powerlessness is a great strength. In that weakness there's something absolutely remarkable and today tonight i felt the presence of my god and your hair power and your god in my life thank you
1: thank you francis
3: juan carlos you're the last one please go ahead
7: yes thank you Uh, yes sorry because i'm in a public place uh, but uh, i couldn't stopped uh, giving sounds to hamed because well i was listening uh, uh, well i felt i felt uh, completely identificated with him uh, and the worst for me was that when i was abused at, at 11 uh, i sang that guy who molested me uh, he gave me the pleasure the first orgasm in my life and for me it was like a saying uh, this is great i had found someone who loved me and I was, uh, well, trying to, to hide my, my shame for years until I came to SA. So nowadays, uh, I realize that he was uh, another uh, uh, disease. Uh, he, he, he has a lot of a lot of problems in his mind and also uh, as well as me. Uh, so I sense this fellowship that has brought me the opportunity to, to realize that it wasn't uh, a gift. It was was an abusement because of that and perhaps many other things uh, I became a a sexaholic. So thanks, uh, Hamed, a lot for your share, thank you. Thank you,
3: Juan Carlos. Thank you, Juan Carlos. So this is a time for wrapping up. Um, Thank you very much again, Hamed.